0: Shalom. Shema Israel, Adonai Adohenu Adonai Ahad. Adonai Adohenu Adonai Ahad. Oh, please forgive me. You don't speak Hebrew, do you? I forgot what happened 2,000 years ago. It used to be a time when only Hebrew people worshiped God, but now anyone can worship God because of what happened 2,000 years ago. And I have the opportunity today to tell you about that event and my role in it. What a blessed role it was. But let me introduce myself to you first. My name is Zechariah, and I am a priest of the division of Abijah in Israel. There were 24 divisions and about a 1,000 priests in each division, so it was a, a tremendous undertaking to care for the temple. I married a daughter of a priest named Elizabeth, and she and I were good people. We were righteous in our relationships with others, And in the ordinances and commandments of the God, we were holy and blameless. Look, you can see how careful I was, how fastidious I am to observe the rules of the Lord. I I wear the breastplate with the 12 stones representing the 12 tribes of Israel as a priest. I have the phylactery on my forehead because the Lord commanded us to keep his commandments ever before our eyes. And so we literally do that by putting his commandments in this little box ever before our eyes. What a blessed day it was. My tribe, my division, had the opportunity to serve the temple. Since there were 24 divisions, we got to do it about two weeks every year. And out of the thousands of us, they drew lots. And many of my brothers in the priesthood never in their entire lives got to offer incense. And so when I heard my name and the lot drawn, I was overwhelmed. It was the first chance, once in a lifetime, I had to, to go in into the holy place and offer incense while the people outside were making sacrifice and had gathered for the evening sacrifice and incense to pray. And so I went in, my wife and I, I had so much to pray for because even though we were holy before the Lord and blameless and righteous and observed all His commandments, we were barren. We had no child. And the people looked upon us with reproach because in our culture, Having children looked as a blessing from the Lord, and not having children was a curse, and you must have done something to deserve that curse. And we were heartbroken, and we didn't know what to do, but we knew we still had to serve and pray and love and worship and praise the Lord, and so we continued to do that day in and day out. Well, the time it was my lot drawn to offer incense, I went inside to the holy place While the sacrifices were being offered and the people were praying, I was inside the holy place and I lent the incense censer and I fell prostrate on my face before the Lord and I cried out for the sins of the people of Israel. Lord, forgive us. Forgive your people. Bless us. Use this sacrifice. Use this incense as a means of forgiveness and mercy, O Lord. And while I was there praying my once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, I also offered one more prayer for Elizabeth and me to have a child. At that moment, I looked up, and standing at the right of the altar was this bright figure. I was terrified. And he said, Fear not, Zechariah, for the Lord has heard your prayer and he is answering it, and you shall have a son, and his name shall be John. And he went on to say what John would do. He would be filled with the Holy Spirit and would bring the people of Israel to repentance, and he would prepare the way for the children of Israel to receive the Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One. And I was overwhelmed. Have you ever prayed for something and God answered your prayer and you couldn't believe it? I didn't know what to say. I said, I said, how can this be? Because my wife is is advanced in years, and I'm an old man. She is beyond childbearing years. And the man said, I'm Gabriel, an angel of the Lord, and the Lord has sent me as a messenger to you to tell you all these things shall come to pass. And you shall not speak again because you did not believe until all these things have occurred. And at that moment, I felt my tongue cleave to the roof of my mouth, and my mouth clamped shut. And I couldn't say anything. I wanted to beg for forgiveness, but it was too late. The angel disappeared. and afterwards, I went back outside from the holy place, and the children of Israel were afraid because they knew I had been delayed inside the temple, offering incense. I couldn't speak. And they didn't know what to make of it. They knew that I had seen some kind of vision. And all I could do was just make gestures. But I could not communicate, I could not convey to them what had just transpired in the holy place. I went home to my wife, Elizabeth, and tried to tell her what had happened. Surely, within a few weeks, she was with child. But instead of going out and announcing it and celebrating with everyone, she remained inside because people had heaped shame upon us for so long. She wanted to remain hidden until the child indeed was born. So she stayed inside about five months. In the six months, something remarkable happened again, even more miraculous than what happened to us Elizabeth had a younger cousin named Mary who lived in Nazareth. And Mary came to visit us. It's about a 50-mile walk from Nazareth south to the outskirts of Jerusalem in the hill country of Judea where we lived. I tell you, when when Mary came in the door, something happened, and the child in Elizabeth's womb leapt with joy. I, I I saw something protruding from her stomach, just from the greeting that Mary gave her cousin Elizabeth. And Elizabeth began to sing and shout, and she said, Blessed art thou, Mary, and blessed is the fruit of your womb, because Elizabeth knew that the child within Mary had been placed there by God. And Mary began to tell us the story of what happened. She said, The same angel that visited me six months earlier, Gabriel, came to visit her and said, Mary, blessed art thou, for thou art chosen and you shall bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. And Mary said, how can this be? For I am I'm a virgin, and I have no husband. And the angel said, the child shall be of the Holy Spirit. God shall come upon you. And this child shall be great, and he will be the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one that you have been awaiting. And my son John would be the forerunner. He would be the one who would prepare the way. He would be the one who would prepare all the people of Israel for the coming of the Christ. He would call the children of Israel to repentance and make ready, make straight the paths of the Lord so that when He came, they would be ready to welcome Him and receive Him as the Christ. You've got to understand, not only did Elizabeth and I wait for a child for 70, 80 years, but the children of Israel waited for a Messiah for 400 years. And so God was answering both of our prayers within six months' time. Everything was working out according to God's plan perfectly, in His perfect way, in His perfect time, in the perfect place. Mary remained with us the remaining three months of Elizabeth's pregnancy. And right before Elizabeth was to deliver, Mary returned home to Nazareth, hopefully finding Joseph more open to what had happened and, and welcoming her and receiving her, and I understand indeed he did. When Elizabeth brought forth the child, it was a boy, just as the angel Gabriel had foretold. And all the people gathered because it was the first time they had seen Elizabeth and they didn't know that she was with child. And, and they gathered and they celebrated and they said, his name will be Zechariah after his father. And Elizabeth said, no, his name is John. And they said, why name him John? There's no one in your family named John. And they looked to me and said, what is his name? And, and you know, I still couldn't talk. I, still, I had hoped to be able to speak when the child was born, but it still wasn't happening. So it was on the eighth day that we took him to the temple for his dedication and circumcision, and all this began to transpire. And I said, something to write with and they gave me a wax tablet and I took a stylus and I cut into the wax, his name is John. And as soon as I put the stylus down, my mouth was open, my tongue was freed, and I could talk again after nine months and eight days of not being able to speak. I could finally tell everything that happened and I could praise God and worship him and bless him and thank him for answering the prayers of Elizabeth and me and the prayers of all of Israel. And I couldn't keep my excitement. I talked about what John would do. He would come and he would prepare the way and he would be the forerunner and he would call people to repentance and the Holy Spirit would be upon him and he would not drink a strong drink or wine. He would not cut his hair. He would dedicate himself fully to the Lord. And he went into the wilderness and dwelt there when He became of age, and did not reappear among Israel until the day of His manifestation. And then six months later, I understand Mary had her baby and named Him Jesus, for He will save His people from their sins. So everything I was doing in the temple, offering sacrifice, burning incense, hoping that the the aroma would represent the prayers of the people and find forgiveness, all that we did to find forgiveness for our people, for each of us of our sins. This little baby came to make it possible for all of God's people to be in a relationship with him, to know him, and to love him, to be forgiven by an act of grace and mercy. So why do I tell you this today? Well, first of all, because of nine months and eight days, I couldn't tell anybody, and now I can't stop. I can't stop. If you know the good news of the Messiah, how can you stay silent? How can you keep it to yourself? You might just find out, like, like me, that you're not able to speak at all anymore because you had the opportunity and you squandered it. But now that you know the truth, you have to go and tell. And so that's what I want to do. I want to sing God's praises. I want to proclaim his mercy and his love. I want to tell of my son who came to prepare the way for the Messiah and of Mary who came to bring a baby in the manger and there from there to live and dwell among us and die a sinless death and be raised from the dead and offer everyone forgiveness of sins if they'll just believe and receive Jesus and repent of their sins. How can you stay silent? I was the silent priest for way too long, and I promised myself when I had the opportunity to speak, I would never stop speaking of the goodness of the Lord. I also want you to know that that when God seems silent in your lives, when you pray and pray and hear only silence, that doesn't mean God isn't working, that he doesn't hear, that that he's not answering your prayers. It just means that he's working it out in his way, in his time. Look what he did for us, an elderly, barren couple having a child, a young virgin having a child, bringing us together, Elizabeth and Mary being cousins, making it all come about perfectly in his time, in his way, So we might see and believe that he is in control and he does all things well. I hope you believe that. I hope you know that. And this Christmas, I hope you will join me in worshiping this God who came when everything was perfect and prepared the way and then brought his only begotten son into the world in a way that all of us could identify a baby in a lowly manger worshiped by shepherds and wise men, making it possible for all of us to come and worship him. You have a few days left before you celebrate the birth of Jesus. I hope you'll tell everyone you know what he has done for you and what he has done for all who will believe and receive him. Pray with me. God, why did you love us so much that you left the lofty grandeur of heaven and stooped so low as to dwell among fallen men and women. It is overwhelming. And in that one historic action, history was divided in two, and you you were the God not only of the Jewish nation, but of everyone who would come and find forgiveness of sins, not by the sacrifice of an animal, but by the sacrifice of your only begotten son where incense no longer had to be offered for you to hear our prayers, but where you hear our prayers because of Jesus who came between us and opened up the communication and made it possible. Father, we are here today to worship you, to love you, and to tell the story of Jesus and what he means to us and what he can mean to all who will believe and trust, and follow. For it's in his name we pray. Amen.